Hi, I'm Ellen Newhouse, and welcome to Heart and Soul. Are you ready to live a soulfully inspired life? If you are ready to dive deep, get seriously honest with yourself, and learn to trust your deep wisdom, then this is the place for you. I'll be sharing unfiltered stories from my own life and those of many other courageous, creative entrepreneurs and transformational leaders who have dug deep inside themselves to heal, honor their amazing wisdom, and dare to take inspired action. No more sitting by the sidelines wishing for a more satisfying life. It's time for you to become the person you have always dreamed of being. Have a career and a life you love. Join us each week to be spiritually uplifted and inspired into action. And oh yes, I'll be giving you homework to get you moving closer to your dreams. Welcome back to the Heart and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Newhouse, and today you are in for a special treat. I have a woman who truly, after reading her most recent book, Parenting the Confident Child, I think she is an absolute miracle. Hello, my miracle. How are you, Tamika? Hi, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. I am so excited to have you, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So let me introduce you properly. Tamika Anderson is America's fun coach and founder of Parenting Confident Kids. She helps moms of kids ages four to 12 overcome behavioral issues. And I have to tell you, I'm going to add my little two cents here. She can help us all. I have been reading your book and I am just blown away by the amazing material in here. And we're going to get to that. But after surviving a traumatic childhood and struggling with extreme behaviors herself, she created innovative strategies to instantly eliminate challenging behaviors. With 25 years of experience, Tamika now dedicates her life to helping families unlock their greatest potential, specializing in healing intergenerational traumas, meeting emotional needs, effective communication skills, and building confidence. And what she didn't put in, but I found, and I just want to add because it's so impressive to me that after becoming an adult, she knew she wanted to help the youth in foster care. So she became a CASA and served seven years in the role before becoming a specialty foster parent so that she could take in the young woman who was on her CASA case. She then went on to serve on the governor's board of the Children and Family Services Task Force team, and now she is a consultant with the state designing programs to help build confidence in the youth and foster care. I mean, what else could you possibly do? You know, the Dalai Lama years ago said women would lead the way and help us to heal the world, and woman You are one of those women, and I am so honored to be sitting with you today. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you today. 
Oh, good. Me too. Well, I am so touched. And for those of you who can't see me, I've got tears welling in my eyes because I've spent the last couple of days sitting with your book, which again is Parenting the Confident Child. And what I found so amazing is that this book could not only apply to people who have young children and, as you say, children ages 4 to 12, but I found myself thinking about my own self and my patients and thinking, oh, yeah, 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 that applies, that applies, that applies. And I have earmarked and I have underlined things not only for myself, but for my patients. So even if, although we'll be talking about how you work with parents and and children, I highly recommend anybody who's come from any kind of traumatic family or any kind of trauma to take a look at this book because, boy, it is chock full of great suggestions and very clear cut steps that you can take. It's not, you know, this big philosophical book that there's no action. So what I love is that you have action plan steps and that's one of your big things. I noticed at the end that you said, hey, listen, don't believe what I'm telling you. Take this Go test it out and practice it. And when you figure out that it works, email me and let me know your story. So I think this is going to be just a really helpful book for people who are right in the midst of having children, having tantrum fits and saying all sorts of things to their parents that are not very helpful. And yet, what I found really, really interesting is that you said, no, 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 to one mom. We're going to start with you. How did that mom deal with that? (laughs) Well, you know, I think I have a way with people where I can kind of tell them, yeah, you're the problem. (laughs) Without them being offended. And so... A lot of my parents are kind of shocked when I say, yeah, it starts here. <laughs> what, what is the saying? The fish stinks from the head down. <laughs> oh, this is a good expression. I didn't hear that one, but yes. And so tell us a little bit, because as I was reading your book, and I've known you just a little bit. So as I was reading your book, I was like, okay, wait, how did she do this? I mean, she has been in foster care most of her life. She was the daughter of a pretty serious drug addict. And I'm going, okay, wait, this is not the normal trajectory. So how do you think you got here? How do you think you accomplished this? Well, you know, I believe that my journey, because that's what Mm -hmm. I like to call it, it's a journey Mm -hmm. in foster care was very strategically designed because I lived with a woman for seven years Mm -hmm. and the woman that I lived with for the longest, which was seven years, she's the reason I am who I am today. Wow. She taught me everything that I know as being an entrepreneur, Mm. becoming a woman, learning how to do things, be resourceful, be resilient. She really instilled those things in me. And I believe I've always had the passion for helping families. I just needed the foundation. And I think she helped me do that. Okay. But she also didn't treat you so well. So how did you pull out? Like, 
I mean, in the book, you say she beat you. She mm-hmm. withheld food. And I'm going, <gasps> I mean, like what? I, I, I gasped when I read that. I was like, okay, but so how did you take out, how did you pull out all of the good things and not be more traumatized by how she treated you? So that actually didn't happen until I started going to trauma therapy myself as an adult. Okay. I had to deal with the fact that, you know, I had to sit in my story. I had to sit with my truth. My truth Mm -hmm. was I was abused. Yes. My truth was I was mistreated. My truth was I was abandoned. My truth was I was rejected. All of those things, that was my truth. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so at the same time of sitting in that truth, I also had to learn that there are two side, two parts to all of us. Mm -hmm. We all have a light and a dark part to us. Right. Yes. One of the things that I like to illuminate in others is the light. Yes. I shared what happened. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I shared what happened with her because I wanted to kind of put the perspective there that everything wasn't, you know, peaches and cream, you know, it wasn't just roses there. However, if it wasn't for her, I don't know if I would be who I am today. So I'm grateful for both the light and the darkness in her. And it just took for me to heal myself in order to really be able to bring that out. Yes. So in the book, you share a scene that I think will be in my mind for a long time. You are not even nine years old or you are nine years old and you are running down a street. You're running after your mother and there are bullets flying from a man that I'm putting together had something to do with a drug interaction with the mom and your mom is not worried about you. Mm-hmm. And I am, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, you can hear I'm kind of speechless and I wish people could see you because you do, you have this beautiful light about you. Light comes out of your eyes, light comes out of your smile and your giggle. And so That moment, which is such an important moment, because from that moment on, you make a decision that you do not want to ever live with her again. But how did you reconcile that moment where your mom should have been taking worrying about you? Instead, she's running away. How did you reconcile that? So, and that's also another part of the dealing and the healing. Right. So I was seven then and it was very memorable to me. That's the reason why I, you know, I kind of started the book off like that because I wanted to put it in the face. Like, this is what we're getting into, people. Yes. No, no moving around. (laughs) And so I wanted to bring my readers into my story. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to understand through the eyes of a child, how I must have felt, yes. you know, running behind my mother, someone who I loved, you know, I just couldn't understand why she didn't love me. Yeah. And, you know, not even worried about anything, but trying to catch up with her. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then being heartbroken because she never turns around to get me. Yes. So one of the things that I, I realized is that 
Yes, that's my truth. That is what happened. Mm-hmm. That is my first heartbreak. That is how I my my heart just broke into a million pieces. Yeah. And I had to learn how to become mm-hmm. the woman that you see today, right? And so in doing so, I put myself, now that I'm a mom as an adult, I put myself in my mother's shoes. Mm-hmm. And I said, as a mother, mm-hmm. if I'm on drugs, mm-hmm. that means I'm already impaired. Right. Yeah. What am I thinking about? Mm-hmm. Which is exactly probably what she was thinking about. Self-preservation. She just wanted to live. Right. She probably didn't even realize I was running behind her. Probably Who knows? Not. Yeah. So because I choose to, like I say, see both parts. There's a light and a dark in all of us. Mm-hmm. And I choose to illuminate the light. I choose to say, you know, I don't fault my mother. Yes. I feel that she has been crippled by an addiction mm-hmm. that has stolen her life. Yeah. Stolen her motherhood, stolen who, her dreams and everything because she's a brilliant woman. Ugh. So what I did was I said, I choose to eliminate the light in her and say that I am believing that because she did not know any better because her mother didn't raise her either. Mm. This is what happened. And so that was the pivotal point for me to say, okay, ran in my family is running out with me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And you were so brave to risk having children. I mean, wow. Because as we know, if you do not heal from your childhood and you become a parent, a mother, a father, you will repeat until you heal. So, wow, what an amazing amount of healing you have done in your lifetime. It's incredible. And I mean, it makes so much sense when you have a chapter called Deal with the Real to Heal. I was like, okay, she's got it. Yes. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) So, and you were so brave at nine years old to say to your CASA worker, no, I do not want to go there back to my mother ever again. What a brave moment. I mean, oof, it just, it really, really got to me. So how do you deal with clients who are in denial about what's going on? I mean, they've hired you, so they're not 100% in denial, but I'm sure that even people who have hired you are like, they don't see themselves as the problem. How do you deal with that? So one of the things that I do, um, my very first time with clients, mm-hmm. a client family, is observation. Mm-hmm. So I'm just observing. I'm just kind of noticing things. Mm-hmm. And like for the entire week is mostly about observation, right? A whole week. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's a lot of observing. Yeah. Because I believe that we have two eyes two ears and one mouth for a reason. Mm. We should listen and watch twice as much as we speak, right? Mm. And although, yes, I am the specialist, you see the air quotes, right? Right. 
I am not a specialist. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I come in as a mere guide to say, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, like a GPS, I've been down the street before. Right. I know that there's a pothole when you go to the left a little bit. <laughs> oh, so I that's love that. Literally what I do. I guide mm-hmm. them. I said, Hey, I've been down the street. Mm-hmm. Let me show you. Can I, you know, can I show you something? And they're usually like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So it doesn't take much. I said all this to say, it doesn't take much for me Mm -hmm. to kind of guide them, to show them, hey, this is a problem area here. And it's okay because here's the solution, right? And so because I come with the solution, Mm -hmm. I'm not judgy. And that's uh, the thing that I hear from my clients too. They're just like, you know, you're not judgmental. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, not at all. And so because I'm not, I, I come with compassion. Mm-hmm. I offer compassion and grace. Mm-hmm. And then we lay out a plan and we say, hey, listen, this is a journey. Mm-hmm. Sometimes on a journey, we may detour a little bit, but it's okay mm-hmm. because a rocket on his way to the moon, gets off track 99% of the time. Oh. So, all right, we just come back. And so because I lead with compassion and grace, mm. it's never, never difficult for me to tell, you know, offer the solutions to my clients. I love that. And, and what you do in the book also, I can imagine you do in real life with your clients, which is you really speak it like it is. Like you tell the funniest little moment about your children when you say both my son and youngest daughter have this need, which is a love connection as their top two needs. And then you say they are so clingy. Sheesh. It's not like enough to just be in the same room as me. They absolutely positively must be touching me in some way. And I'm going to admit it. It's freaking annoying sometimes. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So as you are real with your story, it allows other people to be really real with their story and their pain points. Yes. Yes. And the other thing that I absolutely love, I mean, is your idea about how creativity is crucial. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. You know, it's so, it saddens me Mm. when I see mostly my high achieving families. Mm -hmm. They don't think that creativity is important. And I literally have to kind of guide them again to show them that in every field, there's creativity. Yes. You can absolutely cannot survive mm-hmm. without creativity. Yeah. You think about the house that you live in. Mm-hmm. Someone had to creatively design it. Yep. <laughs> right? And then creatively communicate those plans on the paper mm-hmm. so that people can build it. Yeah. Right? Anything you think of. You need creativity. So just tapping into the creativity is super important. Number one, because children are creative. Like they are a ball of creativity. Right? I mean, they're just and so naturally creative. Yes. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I can reach them so fast, because, you know, parents, they always say that they're just like, 
day number one, even though you're not like, you know, me, you don't raise your voice or anything, you establish authority with the children. They know exactly who you are and they listen to you. So they always ask me how I do that. And it's because of creativity. First of all, I know children are creative. Mm -hmm. So my very first goal is to find out what this particular little human (laughs) loves. Because that is what I'm going to use in my tool belt to get a connection with them. Mm. to relate to them, to say, hey, listen, you know, let's talk about this mm-hmm. when they're having a bad time. You know what I mean? When they're having challenges trying to control their emotions, mm. I get right down there on the floor with them. Yeah, I can see that. I can see it as as you're saying it. I exactly. I saw that before you said I saw you getting down the floor with them. I mean, it's so yes. Yeah. And I I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Until mm. they come, you know, down. Like I tell the parents all the time, I don't join their chaos. Mm. I bring them into the calm. Oh, oh, I love that. I mean, even as we're speaking, I feel like my little girl inside of me is calming down. And what is so interesting is outside my window, there's a little child having a tantrum, right? As we speak, and I'm like, oh my God, Tamika, could we just have you fly through the screen and go talk to this little being? Oh my goodness. I mean, I found your way of dealing with your daughter's tantrum so Mm -hmm. creative. I mean, it just was amazing. And I don't want to give it away because I do want people to get the book. So if you're interested in knowing how to handle a tantrum of one of your children, please go buy the book because Tamika has an incredible, I've never, you know, in all the books that I've read, I have never seen the way that you handle tantrums so beautifully. So we'll leave it for people to go and read. The other thing that I loved, I mean, there were so many things, I took so many notes that you have at the very end, 30 ways to increase confidence in your children. So for people who are listening, instead of giving them all 30, let's give us what are the top three ideas that you could share that would help to increase the confidence in your children? So my absolute favorite top three, the first one would be to encourage expression of emotions. Mm. So like if your child is crying, don't Mm -hmm. say stop crying, Mm -hmm. you know? It's a go-to because parents are already frazzled, all the things going on. They don't want to hear the child crying. Right. So instead of saying, don't cry or stop crying, Mm -hmm. ask them, why are you crying? Mm -hmm. In this way, you're hearing them and you're also not making the cry bad. right? Right. Right. So you're encouraging the expression of emotion. However, you're also encouraging them to communicate. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's wrong. Like, literally, this is what I say to my clients when they start crying. Mm -hmm. And I ask, why are you crying? If they get louder, my tone never change. Mm. And I simply say, I am trying to help you. I cannot help you if I cannot hear you. Mm, good. So point. making sure that you 
allow the child to express their emotions. That's like one of the top things that I tell parents all the time, like Mm -hmm. hands down. Another one that I would say is don't compare them. (laughs) Mm. This is a big one. Parents, it's very easy to compare your child. Oh, well, you know, especially if you have other children. Right. Well, why don't you do it like this one? Or why don't you do it like this <laughs> brother or your sister or whatever? What you're saying to your child is that you, as you are, is not enough for me. That's what oh. they're hearing when you compare them. Right. So don't compare them ever <laughs> to anyone <laughs> for any reason. And then... The third one that I would say would be to practice patience, right? Oh boy, that's a big one in today's world, right? It's such a and you notice I said practice (laughs) patience. (laughs) I didn't say be patient, right? Right. Practice Mm. patience because one of the things that children do, they do what we do. They don't do what we say. They do what we do. Absolutely. Say that again. Children do what we do, not what we tell them to do. They do what we do. And this is one of the the things that I tell my parents all the time, too. I say, I know exactly who you are by working with your children. (laughs) (laughs) They do what you do. And so practicing patience. And this is something that I, um, I teach my kid clients, too. I literally say, let's practice patience. Wow. So they how do you say teach the little ones to practice patience. Okay. So for example, let me think about my, I'm trying to think of the, like the, the young ones. Right. So those who can tell time mm-hmm. will look at a clock, right? Kids always want something. This is one thing we as adults have to our advantage. They always want something. <laughs> always and so because they always want something from us mm-hmm. we can use that as teachable moments if we're creative right right so those who can tell time let's just say they'll say this Tamika can I have whatever it is toy whatever it is that right. they're asking for so then I'll say hmm, let's practice a little patient when the hand gets on you see the hand is on the what and then I'll say his hand is on the eight Okay, well, when the hand gets on the 10, let's come back and, you know, get this. Oh, well, that seems like it's a long time. Well, what do you think you could be doing in that time to practice patience? And then they might whine, oh, I don't know. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah, I understand. Hmm. And so every time it's the same thing. So guess what? They start to understand and know. Okay, Miss Tamika, what do you want me to practice patience for? <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. Now, how do you teach the adults to practice patience? <laughs> they, I think, are harder than the children. Yeah, a little bit. And so, as adults, one of the things that I always say when I hear a parent come to me and say, you know, Miss Tamika, I'm just so impatient. Yes. Mm-hmm. The first thing I ask them is, what does your self-care routine look like? Oh, interesting. Okay. More often than not, it's not a very good one. <laughs> exactly. Or existent. Or, at all. or exists, right. Yeah. yeah. So it's not so much as me saying practice patience with them, more so me saying, okay, how much time can we carve in your 
day before you do anything else right. to take care of yourself, to fill your cup. Exactly. Because if our cups aren't filled, we are going to be useless to anybody else. And not only that, whatever's in your cup is going to spill out. So if you have impatience in your cup, guess what you're spilling to the little humans? Oh, <laughs> I love it. The little humans. <laughs> well, so do you think, I mean, overall, do you think the issues then with these little units are that they are not being met, they are not being heard, they are not being emotionally led? How would you say the overall issue is? Sure, absolutely. So one of the things that I've narrowed down Mm -hmm. (laughs) is as humans, there are three things that all of us need collectively to be seen, to be heard, and to feel like we matter or to be loved. Yes. Right. So because we all have those needs collectively, every time I go work with someone, I'm only looking for which one of the three is it or is it all three? Hmm. Because it's one of them, if not all three. Right. Hmm. And another thing that a lot of people don't realize is abuse is not always loud and physical. Oh, yes. Agreed. You know, so if you are a parent and you're busy and you're working all the time and Mm -hmm. every time the child comes to you and say, oh, I can't do that. You know, you're not present. Mm -hmm. The message you're sending to the little person is that Mm -hmm. they don't matter. So their behavior is going to reflect as as such. And because I'm just kind of been doing this a long time, (laughs) I can tell which one of those things that they're struggling with. For example, when I go into a house and I mm-hmm. hear a child that speaks very loudly, they're always mm-hmm. just loud. They talk loud. Mm-hmm. They scream. That's a huge indicator that what? They don't feel heard. Exactly. Yeah. When I see another child who every time you see them, they have to be seen. Guess what? Mm-hmm. They don't feel seen. Yeah. So like you can literally pinpoint it mm-hmm. if you Look at the behavior. And so that's literally what I do. I look at the behavior and I say, hmm, okay. And I know immediately. I love that. They think I'm some sort of magician, but it's not that. It's just that (laughs) I'm observing. Well, but But you are a little bit of a miraculous magician. Really, as I read your book, I personally felt seen. I was like, oh, she gets that about people. Oh. And I started to even, you know, look at it, not in terms of because I don't have little children at this point. I, you know, I looked at it in terms of the inner child inside of me. And, oh, what is that little part of me still needing? And so if any of you are listening to this and you don't have children or small children anymore, you may want to even pick up this book because I think it applies also to the inner children within us. What do you think about that? Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that because that is the reason why, if you see the cover of the book, yes. that picture is me at seven. Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> Thank you. And so I was literally coming from the standpoint of me learning how to parent my inner child. Yes. That is the reason why it's called Parenting the Confident 
child. Oh, I love that. I love that. So because that image struck me so much of your foster mom withholding food, I know that there are a lot of people who deal with food issues. So do you, and I, I didn't see anything particularly in here, but do you work with people? That'll be in my next book. (laughs) Oh, oh, good. Oh, good. That will be weird. So tell me a little bit. And for people who are listening who may have food issues, can you give us some pointers on how to deal with that? Yeah. So it's pretty much like anything else. We have to get to what the root Mm. thought is right okay so for me because I went without food Mm -hmm. a lot as a child Mm. whether I was with my mom and she you know was wasn't around so we just didn't have food right or I was with a foster mom who was withholding food Mm. I had a struggle with food There was one thing that I said to myself as a child. I said, when I get an adult, I will (laughs) never be hungry. I can just see your seven-year-old saying that. Right? Yes. And so because I made that statement, that became my norm. Mm. So my food addiction was, I was never hungry. I was always eating, always eating, always eating. Mm. So when I struggled with my weight, I didn't understand like, man, what is happening? What's going on here? Until I went back to the little girl Mm -hmm. and the story she told herself that she would never be hungry because Mm -hmm. she was afraid. She she didn't know when she would eat again. So I had to kind of like replace the thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like the self-coaching model, that's something I'm going to be talking about a lot, too. So with the self-coaching model is, you know, circumstances Mm -hmm. leads to a thought, which leads to a feeling, Mm -hmm. which causes us to take an action, which produces results, right? Mm -hmm. So although you may not be able to change the circumstance, Mm -hmm. you can change the thought, which is amazing because when you change the thought, everything else changes. True. So that's what I did. I had to change the thought that I was thinking about food. So instead of me thinking, hey, I need to eat all the time because I don't know when I'm going to eat again. Right. That was the original thought. Okay. So I replaced it with that's when I was a child, when people were controlling my food. Mm -hmm. I am an adult now. So. Tamika, it has been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I love what you said at the very end. You said to people, don't believe anything I told you in this book. Test it out, practice it. And when you get the results, email me and let me know how it went. I love that. So how can people reach you if they want to find you? Absolutely. So they can email me at parentingconfidentkids at gmail.com or they can go to my website, parentingconfidentkids.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. It has been such a joy to have you today. 
And I thank you so much for being on here with me. So I will wish you a great day. And for all of you who are listening, have a beautiful day. And I will see you next week. Thanks so much for joining me on the Heart and Soul podcast. It's such a joy for me to be with you. I know firsthand how much easier it is to rise when you have community to laugh with, shed a few tears with, and be inspired by. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, go subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, please contact me directly at ellennewhouse.com. And while you're there, grab the special resources I have created for you to begin to take inspired action in your own life. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.